Hello, beautiful humans, and welcome back to Healing, Growing, Evolving, the podcast. My name is Carson Kelber, and I am so grateful to be here with you all today and sharing your time with you. It's been a minute since we last talked, and the last time we talked, I told you all that this series on self-sabotage would be done in two weeks, and I would be posting the episodes bi-weekly, but clearly that did not happen. So let's talk about why, because I think this can serve as a lesson and a reminder for you all too. The reality of it is, I have just been giving myself a second to breathe and live and be. When I first started my pursuits towards my dreams and my creative endeavors and all of my goals, I promised myself that I would not let what I was doing impact my mental or physical health because protecting my mental and physical health is the main reason why I'm walking down the path that I am. But a few weeks ago, I got to a point where I felt like I was trying to do too much at once. I wasn't feeling the fulfillment and the happiness and the joy that this podcast usually brings me because I felt myself starting to get overly stressed and dysregulated and I was just being way too hard on myself. So I decided to take a second to take a step back, to recalibrate myself, to give myself a break from chasing my dreams and just allow myself to exist and have fun and be present with life rather than focusing so much on my future. And I'm glad that I did that because that time gave my mental and physical health the break it needed. It re-inspired me and it reminded me why I love what I do and it taught me how I can better balance my goals and living as I continue to move forward. So this is my reminder to you. Your goals and your dreams are always going to be there waiting for you and it is okay to take a break from them it is okay to take a pause and revisit them when you are ready and by no means am i telling you that when things get hard you should just give up but rather if it's all getting too heavy to carry you have the permission to put it down and trust yourself that when you are ready you will pick it back up again. Nothing, I repeat, nothing in this life is worth damaging your mental or physical health or getting in the way of you enjoying life and being present in the moment and experiencing the experiences that you deserve to have. Because when we are not feeling our best, we cannot show up as our best. So be proactive, not reactive. Give yourself the break that you need before your mind and your body and your spirit force you to take a break. And that is a lesson that I've had to learn the hard way one too many times. And when that does happen and when we reach that point of burnout and being forced to take a break, we are typically set back even farther from our goals And we have to play a game of damage control. So this time around, I made sure that didn't happen. And I encourage you to do the same. Your goals and your dreams are worth fulfilling, but your life is 
also worth living and experiencing and enjoying. Plus, it's summer, and I don't know about y'all, but lately I've had more social opportunities and more plans come up, and sometimes that causes us to have to be more flexible with our goals. You deserve to go on that spontaneous beach trip. You deserve that night out with your friends. You deserve to go out to eat at that restaurant that you've been wanting to try. You deserve to wake up on a Saturday and decide that you're going to do nothing but lay in the sun and get a tan. Again, your goals and your dreams will always be there, but the experiences that life gifts you with and puts you right in front of your face might not always be there. So moral of the story, chase your dreams, go after your goals, fulfill your visions, but make sure that you know how to have a balance and you are not missing out on life and letting it pass by you because you are too focused on future outcomes and know when it's time to protect your well-being, your health, your happiness. All that being said, let's get into today's episode. Today, we will be continuing on the topic of self-sabotage, and more specifically, we will be diving deep into self-sabotage in terms of our health and wellness. Two weeks ago, I started a mini-series on self-sabotage. If you haven't listened to that first episode yet, I encourage you to go do so because We went over how to identify self-sabotaging behaviors, how we can understand where they come from, and some general steps for how we can begin to break free. But today, we will be going over specific examples of common ways we tend to get in our own way when it comes to our health and wellness goals and values as well as what these behaviors could be trying to tell us and how we can eradicate them so that we are able to reach optimal success. We are going to be going over four different ways we may be standing in our own way when it comes to our physical, mental, emotional, and energetic health goals and desired outcomes. So whether that be sticking to an exercise routine, committing to a cleaner diet, being consistent with a journaling or meditation practice, setting boundaries, healing a chronic symptom, right? So any of those goals we attempt to set in order to promote our well-being. And I just want to make it clear that by no means are these examples the only ways we may be self-sabotaging. These are just the ones that I have selected based on what I have found that I personally myself, but also clients that I have worked with, experience the most challenges with. I also want to make it so, so clear that as I am going over these examples, I'm going to be talking about what these behaviors might be trying to tell us. What they might be trying to reveal is hidden in our subconscious mind and end our limiting beliefs that are causing these behaviors. However, they are merely generalizations, meaning if what I say does not resonate with you, and if you take the time to really think about what I'm saying and be honest with yourself, and you still find yourself saying, 
I don't feel that way or I don't hold that belief or that's not why I do this, then do not let me put things into your mind that do not belong there. In order for me to help you uncover and identify the exact reason why you are self-sabotaging, I would need to have a one-on-one conversation with you and provide you the personalized space to dig deep into your own circumstances. But unfortunately, I do not have the liberty to do that on a podcast. And if that is something you desire, I do have options for that in terms of coaching. But I say all of this because I do not want you to walk away from this episode feeling like you have more things to address than you already do. So remember, everything I say is generalizations. Take it with a grain of salt and give yourself the gift of taking it a step further and actually identifying your own reasoning behind your behaviors. We are all our own unique individuals. You and I, or you and someone else who is listening, could all share the same self-sabotaging behavior. However, the reasoning behind that behavior might be different for each of us. So please just keep that in mind as you listen to this episode. But without further ado, let's get started. The first self-sabotaging behavior we are going to go over is all or nothing thinking. So the idea of I am going to fully commit, I am going to give this goal 110% effort or none at all and I am going to give up. And let's look at what this might look like or how it could show up and we're going to use committing to an exercise routine as an example. Say that you set your alarm for 5 a.m. to go to the gym and you have it all planned out that you are going to spend an hour at the gym and then you're going to come home and get ready for the rest of your day. But you slept through your first alarm. It's now 5.30 and you are just now getting up and your plans are thrown for a loop. So you don't have time to do the full hour workout. So you decide to just not go to the gym at all, right? So this all or nothing thinking is this belief that if I can't do it all, if I can't do it the way I planned, if I can't give it my full effort, I'm just not going to give it any effort at all. I'll try again tomorrow or I'll wait until things can go perfectly as planned. And what this does is it puts us stuck in the mindset of extremes, of absolutes, of black or white, right? There are only two options when it comes to taking steps towards my goal, but it often prevents us from taking any steps at all. This all or nothing thinking essentially gives us two options, success and success in the terms of the way I think it should look like or failure. So where might this mindset be coming from? Perfectionism, right? You are holding on to the belief that your success is only going to come if you approach it quote-unquote perfectly. You are placing unrealistic expectations on yourself and how you are going to go about obtaining your goals and when you're not able to live up to those expectations you automatically count yourself out right you're telling yourself that you're not enough you're not doing enough it is not worth it it's not going to happen if i can't get it exactly right 
and you are lacking the flexibility and adaptability to take baby steps or to take steps that may look different from what you envisioned they would look like. So how do we eradicate all or nothing thinking? We switch our mindset to progress over perfection. We set realistic goals for ourselves. We make a plan on how we are going to achieve them, but we understand that sometimes things don't go as planned and we have the ability to adapt and adjust as needed. We erase this idea that our path to success is going to be clear-cut. We erase this idea that our baby steps do not matter. We acknowledge that our capacity and our best is going to look different every single day, but as long as we are giving our goals what we are capable of each given day, we are doing enough. We are taking the necessary steps that will lead us to our desired outcomes and we remind ourselves that giving it 75% or 50% or 10% or even just 1% is better than giving it nothing at all. So let's circle back to the example I gave of going to the gym in the morning and sleeping in past your alarm. Here are some ways you could go about working through all or nothing thinking in this situation. One, have a plan already in place for if you do happen to sleep in. By already having that plan of what you can do when things don't go as planned, you are already prepared. Two, go for a walk instead or do an at-home workout. Remind yourself that some movement is better than no movement, right? That idea that 50% is better than 0%. Three, maybe you could still go get your full hour workout in and just get ready for your day at the gym, right? Any of these options would allow you to still take steps towards your goals and pull you out of that black or white mentality. And it would still allow you to take steps towards success rather than just automatically writing yourself off as failing for that day. Alrighty, let's move on to our next self-sabotaging behavior, and that is ignoring your own needs. Y'all have probably heard me talk about this topic numerous times because it is the way in which I used to sabotage my own health and wellness the most. But let's give an example of what this could look like. Let's say that you have goals surrounding your dietary habits and your biggest barrier to success is not being prepared throughout the week and not having enough time to cook. So you decide that Sunday is going to be your designated day to meal prep. And Sunday rolls around, you are ready to do your meal prepping, you've bought in all your food, you're excited to get yourself prepared for the week, but your friend or your family member calls and they ask if you can come help them with a favor and they say that it's going to take a few hours. So instead of meal prepping, you drop what you are going to do and you go help them. But now throughout the week, you aren't able to follow through and stay consistent with your goals because you are not prepared with your meals and you're too exhausted to cook. 
So you just get takeout each night for dinner or even worse, you don't eat at all, right? So this idea of not putting yourself first or your goals first and denying your own needs and attempt to fulfill someone else's or to make someone else happy, right? So people-pleasing. And I'm not going to spend too much time talking about this one because I have a whole episode on selfishness that you can go listen to if you find that this is a way in which you self-sabotage. But essentially, where this is coming from is the belief that your own needs don't matter or that it is your responsibility to put other people's needs before your own. And how we eradicate this is by teaching ourselves that our needs do matter. We learn to value and love ourselves. We learn to put ourselves first. And again, please go listen to the episode titled Learning to be Selfish Saved My Life if you need more guidance on how to work through this. But one thing I do want to include is that sometimes it can be hard to acknowledge that this is indeed a way of self-sabotage. And sometimes it is very easy and we tend to blame the people who we are helping and who we are putting first, right? We get stuck in this victim mentality rather than acknowledging that it's our fault for overextending our help, for not saying no, for failing to set boundaries, for not knowing how to put ourselves first. So the real first step to freeing ourselves from this behavior is to take accountability for where we are letting ourselves down, to shift the blame away from others and take responsibility into our own hands for our actions. And I think I said this in my selfishness episode, but I'm going to say it again. If this is something you struggle with, surround yourself with people who also have goals and who know what it takes to achieve them. Surround yourself with people who are going to give you the space to put yourself first and not make you feel guilty when you do. Now for our third means of self-sabotage and that is negative self-talk. And negative self-talk can be a self-sabotaging behavior within itself and it can also be the core driver for other sabotaging behaviors. And what I mean by this is holding beliefs about yourself that you are not enough, you are unworthy, you are incapable, you're unattractive, a failure, you are stupid, right? This list could go on and on. And it's not just about holding these beliefs, but saying them out loud or thinking them as you attempt to take strides to your goals and affirming those negative beliefs. And I think to some extent, all of us are guilty of this at times. I know that I am, despite all of the healing work that I've done and I still do. I would be lying if I said there weren't times when I talk poorly to or about myself. And what this does is it destroys our confidence and it continues to program our mind with these beliefs that are going to interfere with our ability and our motivation to take steps towards success in our goals. I want you to take a second to pause the episode and think about what negative beliefs you are holding about yourself when it comes to your goals and your success and your ability. What phrases do you catch yourself saying when you make a mistake or when you fail? 
What do you say when you look in the mirror in the morning? How do you treat yourself? And now let's talk about how to get rid of this talk. You cut that shit out. Seriously, I could sit here and give you some fancy formula for erasing your negative self-talk, but it truly is as simple as this. You acknowledge when you find yourself thinking or saying negative things about yourself, and then you replace them with words that are going to serve you, that are going to support you, that are going to help you feel good about yourself and motivate you to keep going, to keep taking steps towards your goals. And you don't hold shame for when you do find yourself engaging in negative self-talk. Self-love and learning to be your own biggest supporter does not happen overnight. I just told you, I still struggle with negative self-talk, but I would say that I fucking love myself and I know that I'm my biggest cheerleader, but we all slip up and we all let that negative programming creep up at times. And it's not about being positive 24-7, but rather learning how to catch ourselves more quickly when we aren't. For all of those negative beliefs you just thought of when I told you to pause, I now want you to think of affirmations that can replace them so that you're prepared for when you do find yourself catching them or saying them again. And I'll give you a personal example from my own life. One thing I catch myself saying is, you are so dumb, Carson, why did you do that? And I usually find myself saying this when I've made a minor mistake. And what this belief does is it continues to reaffirm to my brain that my mistakes are bad and shameful and that I am not intelligent. But what I will say out loud as soon as I catch myself thinking or saying that phrase is, I may have made a silly mistake, but this does not define me or ruin my progress. This mistake is going to help me learn so I can avoid it in the future. So as soon as you catch yourself saying something negative about yourself or something you've done, replace it. Negative self-talk is not only self-sabotaging to our goals, but also to our overall health, well-being, happiness, self-worth, and self-image. One of my favorite quotes is, you cannot win if you are not on your own team. And that can ring so true for all self-sabotaging behaviors, but especially this one. And our last but certainly not least self-sabotaging behavior that we are going to go over today is addiction to stress. And what is addiction to stress? It is the recurring pattern of seeking out situations or behaving in ways that increase stress, right? So when we are stressed, our bodies release cortisol and adrenaline. And when we spend a lot of time in a stressed out state, our bodies can become addicted to these hormones and build its baseline comfortability around this heightened state. So subconsciously and physiologically, not being stressed can send signals of danger and this is typically found in those who either grew up in a very stressful environment, work in a stressful environment, or have undergone a lot of stressful traumatic events. And you might be asking how this can lead to self-sabotage or how this relates to self-sabotage. First, 
Cortisol is horrible for your overall physical and mental health, and an excess of it can lead to insomnia, fatigue, increased heart rate, high blood pressure, anxiety, irritability, a compromised immune system, autoimmune diseases, right? That list could go on for a very long time. And second, this addiction to stress can cause us to seek out behaviors that are interfering or damaging to our goals. For example, overworking yourself and constantly staying busy, which leads to burnout, seeking out caffeine and having an excessive intake, or seeking out media or news that produces fear that keeps you in that stress state, procrastinating so that when you get that major rush of cortisol when it comes time to bust out what you need to get done, overeating, undereating, right? So all of these behaviors have potential to prevent you from being successful in your health and your wellness. And I know that at the beginning of this episode, I said that the reasoning behind each of these self-sabotaging behaviors would be generalizations. However, the cause for addiction to stress is not. If you are addicted to stress, your nervous system is dysregulated. You are stuck in chronic fight or flight. And to free yourself from this, you must regulate your nervous system. And I know y'all are probably tired of hearing me say this, but I have a whole episode on this too, and it is worth listening to because nervous system regulation is not a quick fix. But to give you the first step to eradicating your addiction to stress, I want you to take a look at where in your life you are seeking out behaviors that could be increasing your stress, that are keeping you in that heightened state, right? So develop that awareness of the things that you engage in most that could be causing this. And a lot of times, stress can come from external factors. However, a lot of times, it also is self-inflicted. And I'll give you another example from my own life. Drinking coffee first thing in the morning is one of my worst habits and the one thing I struggle to overcome the most. And the reason behind me seeking out coffee as soon as I get up is not only because it's habitual, but because my body is immediately searching for that source of cortisol when it wakes up. So take a look at your life and ask yourself, are there situations where you are seeking stress-inducing behaviors? And again, if you think that this is something that you are struggling with, please go listen to that nervous system regulation episode. And also feel free to shoot me a DM. We can talk about your personal situation a little bit more. That is where we are going to end off for today. And we have two more episodes of this series self-sabotage in relationships as well as in your career and your wealth. I'm not sure which will come first, but you're going to get both. If anything I talked about today resonated with you and you are ready to dive deeper and you need some guidance on how to really get rid of your self-sabotage and reach success in your goals, Click the link in the description, set up a call with me, and we will get you on track to optimal health and well-being. Thank you for being here with me today and for sharing your time with me. I love you all so very much. I will talk to you next time. And as always, you are worthy, you are deserving, and you are capable.